0: Uh yeah, so welcome to episode one. Of what up, the what rehashed Arcane to Unbound? Uh we this show is something that's existed for about a year, but we're kind of recomming back on it because like I it fell off and blah blah blah. But hooray, it's mm-hmm. back. We're doing psychedelic stories by um SS Shin- is it Shinobi? Is that how it's supposed well, to It is
1: supposed to basically be shinobi. Okay, uh, I, I
0: figured it was like pronounced shinobi. There's a backstory to that, too. <laughs> oh, I, oh, okay, well, I'll yeah. get you to tell that at some point. But um, I'm just going to re- do a quick synopsis of the book. And I'll do an introduction to the show, and then we'll get right into it. So, All right, go for it. Psychedelic Stories is the first publish- published book by S.S. Shinobi. Psychedelic Stories from Weird Worlds is a series of five short stories that are inspired by multiple themes. Pertaining to artistic dreams, psychological thrillers, and intriguing character development, the stories are written in a style that immerses readers into the individual, distinct psychedelic worlds, and are brought to life by visualized concept art to get to better give the reader an insight into both the authors and artists' minds. Mm. So yeah, this is Sam's first book. I'll be entirely honest; I took that right from the back of the book, but I figured I didn't know how to like <laughs> su- summarize like a bunch of like short stories and like. Right um and like how do I like amalgamate that into like one paragraph so I'm mm-hmm. like you know what this is fine this gives Fair a rundown enough. this is good enough um <laughs> and a quick introduction for the actual show so Arcanum Unbound is our monthly book club that I uh, turned into a a monthly podcast normally our goal is to dig deep into fantasy, sci-fi and like any real fiction that we kind of get our hands on and get the details that are inevitably kind of like tucked within mm-hmm. um we're usually on the hunt for character building, setting, story, and everything kind of in between, but since we did a collection of short stories, we're going to be doing more of like an interview and kind of how those things tie in into a uh, smaller format. Um, so get comfy. I'd say get coffee, but it's like the evening. Don't get coffee. Grab tea. Grab a nearby loved one. As long as they consent to that, for sure. But most importantly, Enjoy.
1: also i like how you you just you sound like you know like an actual just host for like i don't know like the news or something just just sit down and relax
0: it's because i'm very white sam (laughs) that's just what it is that's all (laughs)
1: just sit down and relax let me entertain you
0: (laughs) i mean okay that's fair grab a nearby loved one i do want to say i'm not going to be reading a ton from chat and i'll probably edit this out later but that's okay there's like brief enough cuts so it's like grabs chocolate. Chocolate would be good. I'd love like, ooh, I would love a good caramel <laughs> bar right now. Oh, I might go for really? a walk after the show. I don't live far from like a sam. <laughs> like I could go.
1: Also, <laughs> you high would blade. Just buy water. a chocolate bar.
0: Oh, I love chocolate. It's also my substitute for coffee. Yo, but just get caffeinated chocolate. This recording's already like so much longer <laughs> than it needs to be because I'm just getting distracted.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that actually a thing?
0: What's that? Caffeinated, Caffeinated? chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. All I've right. never well, tried it. It, it sounds too deadly. It sounds too deadly. Huh. You did both. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um. Anyway, coffee crisp. Ooh, coffee crisp would be so good.
1: <sighs> Those sound great.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'd fuck that super hard. Yeah. Um, okay, back to the actual show. Uh, <laughs> my bad. But I'll introduce myself as the stream knows. I'm doing this live. My name's Jordan LeClaire, uh, future author, currently the host of this show, Twitch streamer, blah, 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 whole nine yards. I'll get my deets at the end. It's fine. I had this in the show notes to introduce two other hosts because I'm supposed to have two other hosts, but um, one forgot he had a test, and the other is just genuinely very busy because she's an editor full-time. And I'm excited to have her on the show, but she just can't make it this week, so, or this month, I suppose. So what are you gonna do? But I am here with Sam, or S.S. Shinobi. So Sam, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, (laughs) My name is Sam Shinobi. Uh, Well, my author name is S.S. Shinobi. Uh, I am an author, as you probably just heard from uh, Rhythm Malfunction already. I am also a podcaster. So this is my first rodeo on the show. (laughs) Um, And I work in environment stuffs. I uh, basically make money off of people who buy coke bottles so and get paid pretty well for it. So I I guess that's kind of like my life in a nutshell. Kind of, you know, um, (laughs) recycling scientist by day and content creator by night but you're a
0: recycling (laughs) scientist by day bro yeah pretty much Give me (laughs) high
1: i mean yeah just it's pretty easy to tell plastics they literally label the bottom so like anyone can do my i I literally tell people at work we can get a fifth grader to do my job if you just teach them the right stuff so i feel like yeah but
0: if they're gonna pay you for it all power to you
1: (laughs) right so i'm not complaining it's a good gig
0: yeah Um, Mm -hmm. So to dive right into it, so one thing I wanted to know, like, short stories are, like, a relatively less popular format. So, like, what kind of led you to going into short stories instead of just writing, like, a feature-length, like, novel or even a novella?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, initially, Psychedelic Stories wasn't even supposed to be my first book. Mm -hmm. My first book is what I'm still currently writing, which is a series. Uh, We'll get into that later on but psychedelic stories uh i looked at as more of an ep so it was me being like okay i have good ideas i need to get better as a writer but i also need to get better as uh just as as far as the discipline goes into writing because a lot of people want to write a book everyone wants to write a book everyone wants to write something but it's always difficult to actually Stick to it and finish your said book or said project or whatever it is. So psychedelic stories was more me being like, okay, instead of eating the whole cake in one sitting, let's try a slice of something first. Mm -hmm. And that one slice became another slice became another slice until it became five slices. And I looked at those five slices and I was like, what if I added some extra icing to each of these five slices and just put them together? and that's essentially what happened. So oh, it okay. it, uh, it was a project that helped me find myself as a writer, find my style. Um, and if you notice, even just reading through uh, most of my stories, uh, we'll get to that too, eventually, but mm-hmm. that kind of taps into my filmmaker and film critic side too, because reading most of my stories, they kind of read, sorry, they kind of read like, a, a screenplay they kind of read like a movie um and that's kind of what i'm going for as a writer different writers have different styles um so psychedelic stories was my coming out party and at the same time it was me kind of getting a feel for the type of writer i want to be right off the bat
0: right so, yeah right mm-hmm. yeah and did you like weigh the pros and cons beforehand or but like or like is it just like these things fell into place i'm gonna go with it
1: uh i at this point in time, this was me I, I, I'm a complicated writer. <laughs> How I started writing was because I was I wasn't in the best uh I guess mental, like both mental space. Head, yeah, headspace, right? At the time I, I had just graduated. I didn't know what to do with my life. I had oh, no job. Um, oh that's a mood. Yeah, it was just it, it was just me trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had started my first, like writing my first book, even before I graduated, I started writing it like maybe my second year of university. Right. But I didn't have that. If I had the stick to I probably would have been done that way long ago. Um, but I didn't have the stick to at the time. And also a couple of that with like, you know, writing your papers or doing your exams or having a, a part time job as a student yeah. and all of that. So at the time the book wasn't really a priority. Um and then I graduate and I realized, okay, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the earth I love the earth. That's why I got my degree in biology, but
0: Hey folks, just wanted to apologize for the technical difficulties. We are recording at a distance on Discord and we're having some issues. There's a few of them and I'm sorry for the cuts. <laughs>
1: We're good. Okay, yeah. I was wondering what was happening. Yeah, so reading with my mom, believe it or not, uh, when I was about four or five, my mom started reading me the Odyssey for me to go to bed. Uh, so it's, it, I've, it's already been weird from the beginning, from that perspective. Uh, I've always just been into cool stories. Medusa gave me a bunch of uh, <laughs> nightmares for a while as well growing up. But again, these are all things that taught me just the whole concept of storytelling and uh writing right yeah um so yeah no pretty much so it kind of started out as that and then eventually it got to a point where i was like okay you know what if i want to take myself seriously as a writer and i want people to take me seriously as a writer and i want to get my ideas and my personality out there uh then i just gotta release something right and in doing that too i basically poured my myself into psychedelic stories right in terms of just me feeling uh that you know i need to show how different i am as a writer and i feel like that kind of reflected in the book too but yeah yeah pretty much that's fair
0: um do you think you'd ever expand on any of these to turn them into a whole novel or is it just like these are done that's it
1: uh, I don't know. I mean, never say never, right? Yeah. Um, at the moment, I am thinking after the release of my the current project I'm working on, I will begin uh, begin production on a psychedelic story se- uh, series two. So it'll just be another five to maybe seven short stories, but completely different from yeah. these first five, yeah. right? Um, okay. But as far as coming back to the five as it now, uh, maybe I would eventually, but it'll probably be like maybe when I'm probably really deep into my writing career and maybe I've gotten better. And now I'm like, okay, you know what? I can make this better and then come back to it. Right. Yeah.
0: Like you, yeah, yeah, you, you, I'm assuming you feel like there's more to be like added to some of these, but like I agree or or I understand rather where you're at where it's like, I would just rather work on new projects because I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there like all the time personally. Like I always, always, always wanted to start on a new project. Mm-hmm. I've got all these like little ideas and tidbits and whatnot that are like hey like I want to learn how to or I want to write a story about this or I want to learn how to write like this or I want to do this right. and this this and this but it's mm-hmm. like hey you should finish the book you're like <laughs> a fifth done like mm-hmm. keep doing that man like oh exactly. man. and
1: that's the hard part right yeah. Just doing that and again you don't finish you don't ever finish if you don't start Mm -hmm. but then you don't ever start if you're not planning to finish so yeah it kind of works in kind of a full circle that way but
0: yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah so i guess we can dive into them a little bit uh so the king's knight is definitely like i kind of focused on three of the stories here because i didn't want to go through all five because all five would be like bang 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 and there's like some of them are a little as they're good but they're a little too short for kind of what i was aiming to discuss and what we're kind of like dig out in on some of these Mm -hmm. but um when you're writing the King's Knight, because this is going to be the shortest of the three, because we did the King's Knight, I looked at uh, My Sweet Succubus and I looked at Colors. Okay. I did read all of them. Don't get me wrong, but like these are the three that I kind of picked out, and I'm like, okay. I'm wondering when you're writing something that short, like, did you try to establish like a setting like quickly, or is it more of an afterthought because this is, doesn't really help tie the story in? Because the King's Knight is pushing very close to like microfiction. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure microfiction is like under 500 words but like it's definitely like within like closer to like 500 than it would be to like a note like a short story like theoretical length kind of thing right
1: right um i don't know like if you if you remember earlier when i said i kind of likened the short stories to um you know homer's odyssey or like the iliad or stuff like that where you just have a bunch of stories that don't quite line up like you someone could fanfic and be like all of these stories happened in the same universe right mm-hmm. and like they could find a way to connect all of it or they could just be like nope, these are separate things from separate universes and that's fine too yeah um with the king's knight i wanted to uh this is a little bit of me adding the side of me that grew up in the uk so i grew up learning about medieval times i was forced to learn about it in school um and it's already like kind of the concept of medieval times, knighthood, all those type of things always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And with the king's knight, uh, with the king's knight, there wasn't anything too like it. It, it wasn't any anything like fantasy driven or, or I don't know, magical or something like that. It was more kind of I don't know. I'd, I'd want to say drama esque. Of medieval times, mm-hmm. um, it was just more between okay, the king, his wife, his son, one of his knights, and a court, a courtroom or a courthouse. That's about yeah. it, right? Um, and you're kind of going through in in my head writing this. I was trying, I was kind of trying to get the reader to look at this through the eyes of, I guess, through the perspective primarily of the king's wife or the prince's mother. Um right. you're kind of as a reader, you're kind of figuring things out as she's figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was very important at the time because I wanted to tell the story of a king who was indeed unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. So again, feeding off the the concept of okay, Sam's graduated, he's got his degree, uh the world is the the his oyster, I guess, as people would say. Um, and then guess what? There's no jobs anywhere for anyone who's graduated or anyone who hasn't graduated to be honest. Yeah. Um, so kind of likening myself or anyone else who's out there feeling that way to being a King. So you have the, you have the resources, you have the, um, what's it called? The, the requirements, or you have the, the skill to be a King in whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. but you're still unhappy because you yeah. don't have the thing you actually need. So I kind of liken that to the king in a sense. I mean, don't take it word for word, like I said, but I'm just trying to draw some similarities. Draw the parallels. Right? Yeah, exactly. that
0: makes sense, though. You're trying um, to just kind of exa- – like you're, you're trying to – I'm not – like I don't want to say – oh, exaggerate. Exaggerate is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you're trying exactly. to exaggerate those feelings and really put them on the page. Exactly.
1: And like, all of Each of the stories is an exaggeration of – how I felt about something at a Mm -hmm. specific point in time. Uh, Keyword is exaggeration there. I'm not going around trying to kill people. (laughs) So yeah. Oh yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no. So pretty much he, uh, he's, he's figuring out, okay, I'm unhappy because I'm in love with one of my knights. but I mean, I I don't know, I'm, I'm, is it okay me spoiling that story or?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. The assumption of the show is that you've read the book beforehand. Okay. All right.
1: Awesome. So he he is coming from a point of, okay, he's still trying to figure out what would make him happy. He's still trying to figure out how to solve issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story kicks off with the night that he act, he's actually interested in being tried for killing his son. Um, I made sure as an author to not even tell you the specifics to full detail of how the son actually died. Um it, you know we kind of took I, I kind of wrote it, and people will take it as an accident. It was just a sparring accident. No one knows what happened. Um, for all we know, the knight could have killed his son, but we don't know that i don't even know that, and I wrote mm-hmm. it so <laughs> <laughs> that's so, fair. so it's that's left for anyone to decide really yeah. uh, but what we do know for a fact is that he killed his own wife um, yes, and that is again part of. I guess me kind of showing how sometimes you may need to sacrifice or let go of something that might be time ta- again it's not I, i'm not saying it's a good thing he killed his wife don't get me wrong that's a it's a, it's a, a, loose, analogy. It's um, a loose analogy sometimes you need to maybe kind of discard um a little bit of dead weight that's keeping you from your happiness mm-hmm. uh in order to get to that right
0: yeah
1: um but how you how you inherently do that is up to you because he didn't have to kill his wife. He could have, I don't know. He could have, he's king. He could have divorced her and declared the knight to be his, his partner. I don't know. He could have done something. Uh, But again, that part also is me trying to, um, trying to tell the readers that, okay, even when you are trying to make changes in life, you're never perfect. Right. And Mm -hmm. even when you, try to get to a place of full happiness, uh, you still might make mistakes along that route to happiness. And because of that, it might kind of ruin the happiness for you because now he's king. He's finally with the knight. Um, But guess what? If the entire kingdom finds out what he did, they might even turn on him. We don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So there are consequences. And now that you've said, oh, are you going to revisit these stories again? Maybe when I revisit this specific story, something happens. You know, you don't know. So yeah, it, doesn't end it might with have just not the commented there anymore. and some more things would have happened. But essentially it was me writing uh, from the perspective of, okay, you're a person. Exactly. So for me, it was just, you're a person who has the power to change things, but how you ultimately change those things to make you happy is up to you. And the consequences of those actions is also dependent on you. So that's right. essentially the moral of that story.
0: Yeah. Um. So we can kind of move into like my sweet succubus. So okay. the one thing I really oh. wanted to know with this one, because like you are, like you do have a knowledge of like filmmaking and modern cinema. Like, who mm-hmm. were the primary like inspirations for the like, characters for my sweet succubus? Because I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming they come from like actual like actors and like.
1: Yes, my sweet succubus is literally the definition of Hollywood tropes. Like it yeah. has oh, yeah. all, all it has all the all the Hollywood like blockbuster film yeah. elements to it. Oh uh, yeah,
0: it's like it's it's riddled with cliches, but exactly. like intentionally. That's the, that's the so. point. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. No, for sure. As far as the inspiration goes. Um, Again, I drew I've drawn inspiration from yeah. I do like Quentin Tarantino films. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a pretty big one. Um, showing you, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of uh being sort of depressed. He's he's a big time actor, but he's kind of struggling a little bit to find himself or fully realize himself as the yeah. actor he thinks he is. Um and he's on un- he's unhappy. He's sad about it, right? Um, we jump to I don't know, something like uh i'm trying to think wolf of wall street or that that's still leo DiCaprio as well so i would say for the most part like again it's just inspired by the hollywood cliches if anything because this is reflecting the film side of me the side of me that loves like people don't understand my love for movies borders on unhealthy sometimes (laughs) like i just i i'm in love with movies movies are amazing um Especially when they're done well uh, when they're done bad, I can be a train wreck so <laughs> <laughs> and just That's tear fair. them apart so it it just depends really uh, yeah but yeah no it it was inspired by that uh the tale of my sweet succubus also kind of centered around again uh make uh taking things I, I'm trying to say this in a in a kind of I don't know. I'm trying to put words together for this. But basically, I'm trying to say it was about kind of accepting something that isn't yours to be not yours, if that makes sense. Because as an actor, he's sad. He's unhappy. Mm -hmm. But he finds a confidant in his director's wife, right? Yes. Uh, Who also happens to be his therapist. So he is you know kind of telling her about his issues telling her about his problems and uh, the hollywood cliche is that the therapist is also the person who falls for him that's very hollywood yeah. oh but yeah at the same time she kind of sees him as oh i'm not happy with my current uh, husband the director but i'm you know this guy seems like a stand-up guy like she's kind of interested in him as well and they have been you know kind of the way I wrote it, you could kind of tell as a reader that they have been interested in each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, even post-production of the film that they were working on uh, or pre-production, sorry, of the film they were working on. Um, but again, he kind of jumps that barrier just like the King in, you know, the King's night, He yeah. kind of jumps that barrier of being, okay, you know what? It doesn't matter that what I'm about to do is wrong. I'm just going to do it anyways, because that's, what would make me happy, it's,
0: if that makes sense? It's almost more visceral, and you're kind of going for like a raw, like feeling rather than something with like nuance and. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. That makes exactly. sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because, like, so, like, I think that ties in really well to like the short story format where you're not going to get a lot of nuance mm-hmm. because it's not like the format doesn't allow for it with how short it is.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, for that, it was just more, I'm trying to get to the point of these two are doing something wrong they address it and they both agree that it's wrong but they Mm -hmm. do it anyways and in the midst of that she kind of uh bears herself as she really is and she's like dude hey (laughs) i'm a succubus so yeah so you should know that in addition to this being a bad thing this being a marital affair you could also die if you sleep with me you know and to show you the extent to which the main character is just depressed or unhappy with life he doesn't care. He still does it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, even that was the he's one thing fully that he's aware. She anyway. has made him fully aware that he will die at some point if they kept on going, mm-hmm. uh, and he just didn't care. He was like, "It's it's better than just you know not doing it and being sad or depressed the entire time." Um, and I did get into a little bit of his backstory, being that like he was an orphan. Uh, he really hasn't had anyone look out for him. He's kind of. Yeah offended for himself the entire time, no friends, no family. He's just a popular actor. That's it. Um, The possibilities of that being the situation of someone in real life, highly unlikely because I believe in some way or form, just as humans, we always have a friend. Um, It might not necessarily be the kind of friend we would want, but maybe not everyone. I don't know. But in my opinion, I feel like there should be always at least someone you could talk to. Uh, in a real-world scenario. yeah, But in this scenario, there was no one he could talk to. So yeah. that was also part of the issue. Um, and then, obviously, like with every big Hollywood film, you have to have a big bad, right? And yeah. the big bad turns out to be the husband. Uh, and, you know, I had to be like, okay, this is good. Let's get a hot pursuit. So they're driving, like, 100 kilometers an hour, down a highway there is one of the like the husband is flying because he's also an an incubus i guess Mm -hmm. um and it's just high speed action packed uh i do a call back to the j turn that he did uh earlier as a stunt because he was a stunt driver and he does it again executes it to perfection towards the end uh as the incubus chases him uh and everything just kind of ends in like a fiery crash uh, you kind of get that sense of okay, they're walking away from the explosion or driving away into the sunset, mm-hmm. and it's a kind of like a bittersweet story. But again, it has all of those Hollywood elements, and I honestly just wanted that one to be a crowd pleaser, if anything. And yeah. I feel like it is. So yeah, yeah I was like, it much. was
0: good for like a short, like for an indie book kind of thing because it's like it follows like not the intentional, but. I'm a, it does kind of follow the, like, it has to stay high action. You need to keep readers engaged. And I found that My Suit Succubus was probably my favorite. Um, it, it's pretty close with colors. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about My Suit Succubus? Because I didn't have a ton, ton, because you mostly covered it. But
1: Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else I have to say about it. Like, it, it, it's different, I would say. And if there was any cons, like, if, I mean... My personal, if I were ever to come back to the psychedelic stories, mm-hmm. the one I would definitely want to revisit at some point down the road and really flesh out, if I wanted to even turn it into a full book, is Colors, which we're going to talk about, I yeah, guess, Yeah, that
0: would be the one that makes the most sense for me to flesh out. <laughs> exactly. Like, and one thing I wanted to know about Colors is, like, how... Uh, like, what did you find were the benefits of using like multiple points of view? Like, There's the easy one that you can see where it's um, there. You can time skip because you go from being in the perspective of uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting names. I'm terrible at character names. Oh, you no, go from quiet. the perspective of the girl who gets kidnapped and you know you basically get given the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then you skip forward it's like years later and you're now with the brother and the brother is kind of it leading the charge on finding out what happened with right. circus x but like were there any other benefits that you found in regards to using those multiple points of view
1: uh i would say using multiple points of view definitely helps you flesh out the world right. within your story occurs because then you're not restricted. You're not restricting your reader to just one perspective now on how the story plays out. You're uh-huh. looking at it from okay. If you're the brother, this is how you see what's going on. If you're the sister, this is how you see what's going on. If you're the clown, uh, <laughs> you're you, you're you're seeing it from that perspective as well. If you're the uh-huh. little boy, you're seeing it from that perspective as well. Um, so, and I feel like. Uh, 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 the prime example of how you see that is the brother sees the clown as a threat or as someone who's eerie someone who's up to no good right whereas the sister sees the clown as someone who saved her someone who was always there for her someone who was and is still actively raising her to be the performer she could be so already that's like it, it, it kind of giving you that perspective of, hey, the sister doesn't know what really happened. The brother doesn't really know what happened, but he's trying to figure it out. And towards the end, now the sister is trying to figure out what happened. But again, perspectives clash because yes. she misunderstands what happens at the end and she becomes what she becomes. Yeah. So it, this kind of just gave room for perspective switching and how... Again, different circumstances, different understandings on certain, you know, uh, neutral events that happen in life can kind of change people's kind of reactions or people's, uh, um, I guess, take out, takeaways from those things. Right. Um, it's kind of like if I see a pencil from the tip and you see it from the side you can see that the pencil is long but me looking at from the tip i can see that i just think the pencil is just a tiny dot you know so
0: yeah yeah. and i do like the idea of building onto it into like a world building sense and then it's like okay well now you get to see where multiple people are coming from Mm -hmm. and that, that analogy of the pencil is really good where it's like most people are like don't like fuck with the circus like leave the circus alone like they're <laughs> a big deal and like you don't get a ton of perspectives for that but the the main character's wife the other detective was mm-hmm. very big on like hey we like be careful about this like and then when you read her parts you get the nice part is it becomes like another narrator mm-hmm. and it helps like immerse a little bit so that when you read her part it's a like, cautious she's airing on the side of caution but you read like the the her husband like the main detective's part the brother
1: yeah the mm-hmm. brother
0: and he is brash and he's gun-ho and he's like emotionally determined so that kind of like bleeds out into the story itself um i really did enjoy like the the use of perspectives and like i'm kind of doing that in my own writing at the moment in like smaller chunks But I think it does become, like, a very useful tool to just kind of flesh out even just a specific scene as to, like, really, like, who's going to feel this scene the most emotionally? Like, when the, the brother dies, the detective, like, sees that and, like, you feel her emotions in that scene specifically. Right. And being able to jump between both, it's like, oh, okay, like, these are, like, all these different things you can kind of play with when you tweak those perspectives.
1: Exactly. Um... I'm going to be honest, when I was even writing that scene too,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I could kind of see it from the perspective of, okay, if I was a filmmaker, how I would shoot that scene actually would be just to put the camera on a crane and just have it from the perspective of, hey, the brother gets shot. Yeah. And then just have the camera zip across the landfill to look at the wife's perspective and how she's mm-hmm. behind the sniper, you know. And then as soon as she shoots to zip the crane on the camera on the crane all the way back again, to the sister's perspective, watching the clown die, you know? So that's, again, that's three points. Um, I can, that, again, you're going for that three point format, which is a very cliche thing for movies, um, but it kind of worked well here too. It's just good for storytelling. Yeah. Um, where you get that three point format of the three characters involved in one kind of, I won't say traumatic event, but it is kind of a traumatic event.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's kind of executed. I feel like I kind of, I, I was happy with the way I executed it um, because it kind of just came together. I originally didn't even want, didn't even want the detective, the brother, to die. Um, but I, 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 I thought about making the cliche story of, oh, he finds his sister. They solve the case. They kind of like a Scooby-Doo happily ever after. Yeah. But then eventually I, I took a pause from that. I was like, no, wait, I want to be different. How would this play out if I were making this as a film or if I were being creative with you know so I felt like this was a point for me to flaunt my creativity and be like, okay, you know what let's let's go full joker with this and like, okay, this is what happens. this is how we would play out if this were you know a real life situation, and that's what I went with, and it actually came out pretty well. There's still some parts that obviously I would love to flesh out. Um, I would love to Uh, at least be I would love to or like be interested in how the boy kind of figures things out after that because he just gets grabbed and taken back into the tunnels Uh, you don't know what's going to happen to him right Uh, you don't know what's going to happen to the sister because now she's gone she's gone loco yeah
0: Oh yeah. she's been like like, completely manipulated to the point of like no return exactly and so yeah the
1: only person who would have brought her back from that point was the brother, but now he's gone. So like no one else can bring her back. Maybe the detective, but it's kind of difficult to be like, Hey, I was your brother's wife. Please come back to us. You know, like, yeah, that's going to be really tough. Here's your family.
0: Like it's, it's, it's a huge, huge thing.
1: Exactly. Uh, So if I were to continue, honestly, I am strongly considering, I'm not saying I will do this, but I am strongly considering having a, colors sequel in the the, like if when i write as like a second story series too um and that'll also end that series as well so that'll be at the end so kind of giving people more insight into what happens after that as well because even as a right as the person who wrote it i'm curious as to what would happen after that so it just i just have to write it and then give it like a full turnaround circle right but yeah no pretty much
0: i don't have much else to say on the stories okay but like in conclusion, we'll just kind of get, do a quick wrap. I've always been very like quick, quick with this show. Like usually mm-hmm. run like half hour, forty five minutes. I don't think I've ever done an episode that's an hour just yet. Okay. But what are you working on right now, Sam? Psychedelic Oof. Stories is done. Yeah. You with your current projects.
1: That's a good. <laughs> I am working simultaneously on two projects right now. Uh, one of them is actually done, uh, but due to COVID, I just haven't released it yet, and that is a film. Uh, The film is called Basic, and it centers around two siblings and how they're dealing with unemployment in a COVID world Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and the extent to which people would go just to have enough money to buy milk and some cereal. Literally, that's what the story is about. Um, So it's, it's a it was a challenging new experience for me because now this went from me writing, first of all, instead of writing a book, I wrote a script, right? Mm-hmm. And then after writing the script, cause writing a script is very, very much different from writing a book. In a script yeah. you, sh- you show instead of telling, Yeah. Uh, whereas in a book you can kind of tell without showing. So with the script, you have to show and be more descriptive. And after that, you have to transfer it into you seeing that vision behind from behind a camera and you executing that to a point where it almost mirrors what your mind was floating on when you were writing the script in the first place. Right. Uh, within your budget, of course, budgeting is mm-hmm. very important. So uh, yeah, I kind of did that. It looks absolutely stunning, absolutely amazing. Um, I have little snippets here and there on my Instagram. One should be going up again either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, so just me kind of keeping that interest there for it. I would like to premiere it in a rented out theater, um, which I can do, but the issue right now is that, uh, the, the issue right now is more or less because of COVID, Right. the restrictions, 10 people in a room. Yeah. You can't really have a premiere in a theater right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's kind of yeah, the one. Like issue. what are you going to do? Uh, but other yeah. than that, it's, it's yeah.
0: What else you have? But on other that, it's I know done. you got a few other it's, things on tap.
1: Pretty, it's well executed already, and I'm ready to see what people think. The second project I'm working on. Yeah, exactly. The second project I'm working on is called Esseri. Now, Esseri is a an open world fantasy. Actually, F- fantasy is very important here because I took inspiration from african mythology Mm -hmm. so this will be something very very different from what we're used to as far as fantasy goes i would and especially like i mean here in canada or the us i guess um so now i'm digging in deep from african mythology uh these characters are inspired by african deities um african legends african gods african demons like basically the whole uh Kind of elements that make, fant- like that make a fantasy African story, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, in in terms of doing that, I basically I, can, I guess I can kind of summarize what it's about. Um, it is set in a steampunkish uh, a steampunkish world. So, by steampunk, I mean there's airships, there's revolvers, mm-hmm. there's shotguns, there's horses. There might be some cars, but this would be like rudimentary, like the first ever car made in like when the 1930s yeah. or something or 1920s. Actually, no, I think it was 19- 1900s. Anyways, you, you you're you getting all of that. And it's set in a world too where there are people with powers and people without powers. Um, a lot of the people I've had read through it so far kind of liken it to the X-Men in a way. So again that's it's kind of a good way to kind of look at it uh except it's not really like the x-men because the people who have powers have powers from like cultural or traditional mm-hmm. sources because
0: i was gonna say i was, I was kind of cutting you off a little bit just because like you got to leave something for people to read in the book
1: right and i exactly, don't want to go yeah. like
0: 10 minutes on on Oh, I want you to be believe, able to get everything out real
1: quick. Oh believe me, there is so much in oh, this I book know. That, See, Yeah, I, believe I, I me. I've
0: talked to you like more than enough. I love you dearly and I know like I, I can tell your passion about these projects. You're like, "Here's right. all the cool things I got" cuz I do the exact same thing. It's like, <laughs> "Look at all these fun things I'm adding in this book. I want to tell everybody, I want to tell everybody." And it's like, "I got you. I, I mm-hmm. want you to tell everybody." But it's like, you got to you got to give everybody a chance to like pick it up <laughs> and take a look. You all didn't right, give them a yeah. lot though. Mm-hmm. Lot. Yeah, Anything I else that you're working on, real quick?
1: Uh, after that, I think, honestly, I will be working on. I mean, I guess the podcast is something I work on like every
0: week, anyways. Yeah. Everybody um, is pretty familiar with my or my time, apparently, mm-hmm. on the Northern Critic podcast. And I'll, I'll shout that out because I'm not sure if every. I know there's someone in here who'd be interested in it. I don't know if he's taken a look right. at it or not yet. <laughs> but that's me selling out the fact that I'm doing this live. Uh, twitch.tv slash malfunction, malfunction shout out myself on my own podcast <laughs> uh, but uh, Northern Critic Podcast is a, a movie review podcast done mm-hmm. by Sam uh, mm-hmm. Uchi and a couple of other peeps whose names I'm not going to butcher at the moment Uchi's often <laughs> in chat uh, in discord etc etc and you're welcome to join us there too but I will not go into depth about that yet because I'm going to let Sam finish up his whole spiel and then I'm going to sell myself.
1: <laughs> right. Um, the Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast. Pardon me. That, film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that focuses on audience or host. Uh, the audience would be you guys in this case. Um, handpicked films based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. Uh, essentially, we review movies very technically. Films? Yeah, films, (laughs) movies, uh, from the perspective of the writing, the cinematography, the casting, the structure and its relevance as a story in, you know, today's society or whatever society it was set in. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and we've torn apart some movies and we've built up some movies. So, you know, I would say right off the bat, we loved Parasite and we hated disney's mulan so (laughs) so i do feel
0: like our shows are very similar in that like they're just catered to the medium Mm -hmm. and we're looking into the medium more so than we're looking into like specific well you're looking into the specific like book or movie but you're looking into like how the medium kind of works for what you're like the story that's being
1: told at the moment exactly Um, so pretty much and other than that it's a pretty entertaining podcast we talk about the movies, but then again, we talk about ourselves. We talk about whatever awkward situation any one of our hosts has been, have been in yeah. in the past couple of days or on that specific day. And it's just essentially just think about a bunch of friends who love movies talking about it. I don't know, sitting on a tree um, and drinking a, <laughs> and drinking beers are getting high. That's yeah. literally what it sounds like. Oh, so. yeah. It's very. Casual. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm. Um, so pretty much. Yeah, so that, I think, brings us to the end of what we got going on. I'm going to plug a few things real quick. Nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, just I'm going to say thank you right now for coming on the show. That was super yeah, insightful. More. And it really brought out, like, the book and, like, kind of the stories. Because, like, as a reader, I'm my fir- I only do one read through the books. But mm-hmm. I'm a super, super slow reader. But, like, having, like, insight and depth brought to some of these stories kind of makes it, like, a lot more endearing. And I kind of – not that I can relate to them more, but I feel that they are much – like maybe it's because you're my friend and I care deeply about you, and now I care deeply about these <laughs> stories, and now it's like uh, maybe I put those together. I don't know. It didn't really bring out like how these stories were written and like the the mm. emotions in them, even if I didn't read them in my first read. Pun mm. possibly kind of intended. Um, <laughs> but just real quick before I wrap up everything, uh, this month's book for everybody for uh, for next month's episode of Arcane Unbound we're reading the. Uh, The Deep by Nick Cutter and just a quick synopsis uh, a strange plague called the Gets is decimating humanity on a global scale causes people to forget small things at first like where they left their keys then the not so small things like how to drive or the letters of the alphabet then their bodies forget how to function involuntarily and there is no cure but now far below the surface of the Pacific Ocean deep in the Marianas Trench uh, an heretofore unknown substance hailed as Ambrosia has been discovered, a universal healer from initial reports. I'm not going to read the rest of that because that's just a big old thing on Goodreads, but we will be doing right. that book for next month. Um, next month we'll have the other two co-hosts, Angel and Dave, and we'll talk about them. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on Spotify or elsewhere, you can find my live streams at streams at twitch.tv slash Uh, You can find me at Twitter at the same handle and Instagram at uh, Twitch RYT malfunction as well. And uh, you can get involved in this book club. You can get involved in all the stuff that we're doing. And you can Mm -hmm. meet uh, Sam if you want to talk to him and have questions for him because he's on the Discord as uh, Buffalo Shinobi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only paying him a little bit. Man's got a job. (laughs) But uh, yeah thanks again sam i'm gonna wrap that up for this episode of arcanum unbound because i'm for sure hungry
1: mm-hmm. and uh
0: when your next book comes out we'll start talking to you again because uh, oh I yeah that's gonna be
1: that. it's gonna be three or four months from now so yeah
0: oh wow Hmm. hopefully we'll release books at the same time no i'm not gonna yeah. be that ready that soon <laughs> anyway have a good night everyone